Welcome back, y'all, to Sivo Sisters, where we demystify and diversify the field of anesthesiology all within the duration of an anesthesia break. And this week, we are continuing our conversation with Dr. Manah Hagos. If you missed last week's episode, go on back and catch up. You don't need to listen to it to get the value from this episode, but it helps getting an understanding of who Dr. Manah Hagos is. In this episode, we are going to discuss the challenges of training during the pandemic, why all of us need to have some kind of business education, how she started her first and second company, and finally, how you can get started making money as a consultant today. We leave off where Dr. Hagos shares with us how serendipitous it was that she chose the specialty of anesthesiology. Please enjoy. (laughs) It does sound like, though, that you walked into everything with an open mind and landed on what turned out to be what you ended up going into. So that's awesome. And then you mentioned your residency was was really great. What tell us about after residency? What were your plans? What ended up happening? What what opportunities? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. So I had the amazing read sarcasm experience to complete my residency during the dreaded 2020 plus pandemic that rocked and shocked the world. And for those of us in medicine who are familiar with tough stuff, right? So, and when I say tough, I'm saying death, severe disease, loss, loneliness, because you see this in other people and you have front row seats, we are often well, at least speaking for myself, can be quite introspective about the meaning of life and what am I doing with my time? And is this worth it? And is this what I want? And does this make any sense? Uh, So during 2020, I thought about all of those things when there were significant severe PPE shortages and so many hospitals and administrations were doing their best to help protect their physician, nurse, and all the other health professionals that we need to run a health system to help protect them while they were taking care of people who were very sick. Um, At the risk of them being very sick, I thought about my life as one does in those kinds of moments. And so something I hadn't mentioned earlier is I've always been passionate about medicine for different reasons, mainly about the importance of impact and health equity and and all those other fun things. And I've also known that I enjoy business and I'm passionate about business. My first business, I started it uh, in between completing uh, my undergraduate studies at at university at UCLA and starting medical school at USC was a private mobile tutoring business. And that was a business born out of necessity because at that time there were a lot of business opportunities uh, companies that say, oh, we can't pay you, but we would love to have your skills, experience, and great attitude to help us make our money. And I thought this this is not okay because <laughs> right. those great experiences will not help me pay things that mm-hmm. do not take, that won't take unpaid experience as a form of payment. Right. Um, <laughs> so again, during during residency, while I was very committed to my studies, In my free time, I took the opportunity to read voraciously about 
all sorts of things related to business and investing and otherwise, because I had that, I had that exposure, that self-induced exposure to know that understanding business and finance is really critical to wellness. <laughs> we can work and we can get money and that's great. We could do whatever we want with our money and that's great. And it's also even greater, in my opinion, to be able to have some kind of freedom, some kind of control, whatever that means for us. So uh, during 2020, I thought about those things and I remembered that I still also have this passion and excitement for business and there's got to be a way to put those two things together. And when the world seemed like it was falling apart, I thought this is a great opportunity to take a leap of faith. And I had some amazing opportunities, some that I created uh, for pursuing consulting and entrepreneurship. And I did so. I took that leap of faith. I made a bet on myself. And I thought, if I can do, I know that I did all these things to get into medicine, to stay in medicine, to excel in medicine, specifically within anesthesiology. I know that I can translate those skill sets into business. And and whether it's successful or not, most of those things take a lot of time, resources, and great networks um, and mentorship. And there's no way that we're going to find out how that works out until we actually do it. <laughs> so I did it. Wow. So I started my second business. Which is a digital publishing company. And I published one of my books, The Pre-Med Survival Guide, How to Get Your Mindset Right which is for people who want to become physicians. And it goes beyond the high level or what I sometimes refer to as the surface level. Many of the advice that we often get, or at least I got, which is be smart, do well in school, get good grades, do on your MCAT, kind of just focusing on one aspect of graded results. And in my opinion, from my experience, as a physician and as, as an anesthesiologist, it is so much more than that. It really is emotional intelligence, being able to navigate our own minds, our own internal biases that we have against ourselves that we often absorb from our environment. And then these stories that we tell ourselves that often are self-limiting and do not help us to achieve what we want to do in a way that is healthy, and sustainable. So get your mindset right is the foundational necessity for individuals who want to become physicians. Because you can say that you can do, that you rocked your MCAT and that you have a 4.0 and that you have this and that, but it is your mindset that enables you to do that and more. It is your mindset that allows you when you are on call on hour 20, you can hardly keep your eyes open. Mm -hmm. You, the coffee that you're drinking, is not helping you, right? And then you have this RB, you have this emergency case that comes in, and you need to get yourself into gear and do what you need to do to take care of this patient, to communicate with the team, to be a leader, so on and so forth. It is not your 4.0 GPA that helps you do that. Yeah, it's your mindset, it's your spirit, it's the support network that you have. It is your health. <laughs> Something that sometimes in medicine is kind of thrown to the wayside for those of us who operate in it. 
it is all those factors that help us do what we need to do to carry out this highly noble profession that unfortunately at times for various reasons is it's is disregarded in one way or another or minimized so that's a little bit about the pre-med survival guide and then the consulting with startup companies revolving around technology who need physicians who are obviously uniquely qualified to speak about medical subject matter in a way that makes sense for lay people or be able to provide key insights into workflows or attitudes and otherwise for people who have no idea what it means to be a physician or has no idea what it means to be clinical. Wow. So I I did not want to interrupt you because there was so much value in all of what you've expressed. I want to uh, first ask, because many people want to know, well, how can I contact with startups? How how can I assist in that way? You know, how did you connect with startups to provide such consulting? Yeah. So I, I love that question because we all ask it at one point or not, especially depending on if you have debt or how much you have, you're like, is there another way that I can pay this? <laughs> yeah. Or how can I pay this off faster? Or how can I just have like more luxurious life that I want faster? And it really comes down to your network. And oftentimes our networks are really rich because we we may not think of them as being rich because all we know are doctors or all we know are nurses or pharmacists or whomever works in our particular hospital system. But that is an incredibly rich and valuable network. And I'll tell you why in just a moment. So when I say network and building your network, one simple way that we can start is to start locally where we are. So within our particular hospital, um, as anesthesiologists, our surgeon colleagues, our nursing colleagues, our administrative colleagues, right? So C-suite, middle management, et cetera. These are all potential resources that we can tap into, right? These relationships that we have started to build in or that we have invested in are people that we can talk to about ideas. And actually this happened to me. Um, I was I was with an anesthesiologist colleague of mine and I was with her at her hospital in LA, just observing and a uh, private hospital. And I was talking to the people in the OR and she introduced me, oh, this is Dr. Hagos. She's an entrepreneur. She's an author. Da, 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 she's here, blah, blah, blah. And so people would ask me questions. And I would, you know, pro- happily provide the answers. And I didn't know if it was that particular hospital or not, but I kept meeting all these people who were like, oh, I have a podcast. I met this surgeon. I think she was, uh, she's an oncologist. Um, oh, I have a podcast. And we talk about healthier ways to live to help people who do have cancer to help prevent cancer and this. Other guy goes, oh, yeah, a buddy of mine and I are working on this device. He's a urologist. And it was so interesting. And I thought, am I just, did I just happen to land in this hospital where everyone's got something going on? Like, I've never, I've never experienced this before. And I realized part of the reason was because I was open, comfortable, and confident speaking about my interests and what I do, people were able to also resonate with that. And able to share about themselves or what they wanted to do or what they were working on. And it just really created this very, very interesting atmosphere beyond collegial, in my opinion, because we were able to connect outside of our profession. Mm. And so being open, 
with people that you feel relatively comfortable with that you can trust because obviously trust is important um, depending on what the politics are, of course, and share what you're interested in. And people can say, I have a buddy, I have a brother-in-law, I have a sister-in-law, whatever that does this or that. Um, maybe you can talk to them. Um, if that doesn't seem like, if that isn't an option for whatever reason, then starting locally, there are often entrepreneur or business meetings. It could be simple as something like going to meetup.com. I'm not affiliated, not yet, <laughs> to look for a group of people who, have, who share a common interest and again, start talking. So if you're interested, it's tech, AI, how do we better healthcare or just how do I make more money in my life with relatively less effort without adding 20 more hours to my existing work week, whatever that is, like real estate investment or otherwise, then that is a way that, that we can start to increase our sphere of influence. That's, that's how I like to think about it. Yeah, that's excellent. Just sometimes the simplest thing is not the one that we think about, right? We think that the consulting, it has to be this complicated, convoluted thing where, well, if I'm not born with the connections, if I'm not born into a family that has that, if it doesn't fall in my lap, I guess it's not intended for me. And it's like, well, actually, we just have to take our blinders off and be open to these kinds of connections can happen anywhere and everywhere. So during those long OR cases, instead of listening to how the surgeon has had this great golf weekend or whatever, maybe that can be an opportunity to talk about different areas of interest. So I, I really appreciate that because yeah, there's gold in those hills. And I think we just finally like step over them because they look like rocks, but we don't flip it over. So, oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I, I, you, you have, you have to be an author. And if you're not, you really have to, because the way that you speak is just, I, I love it. I, I, I really love it. And when you said that flipping that rock over, we've all heard, we, you don't know what you have until it's gone. Right. So if you are in a gold mine, it's just your environment because you do it every day. It doesn't seem like a big deal and it's not a big deal, but to somebody else in a different world, they're looking at you like, oh my gosh, you are the gold mine. Yeah. You will give me access to the most precious metals and minerals to go on with this analogy. Yeah. And I'm telling you something that's good to remember for us as physicians, as anesthesiologists is we're in this, this world called medicine that operates under its own set of rules and has its own environment and culture. As you know, at Sivo Sisters, we demystify and diversify the field of anesthesiology, all within the duration of a what? Anesthesia break. We're coming up on time. Break is probably over. Join us next week as we continue this thrilling conversation. Ta-ta! I hope you enjoyed this episode of Sivo Sisters. If you love this episode as much as I did, head on over and rate and subscribe so you don't miss out. New episodes drop every week on a Monday because we all can use a little something, something to get us through the week. Am I right? I'd love to hear more from you on the topics that you want to hear. So let me know in the comments. This is Dr. Peterson signing off. See you next time.